0: We're analyzing Sony stock ticker S-O-N-Y to see if it's a great business on sale. We're using the select six analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Sony. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. This analysis is around 10 minutes. It's gonna be intense, but it's gonna be worth it. There will be a key bonus metric along the way that just might be the tipping point when analyzing Sony for your stock portfolio. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Sony's stock performance. Right now, Sony trades for $93.49 per share. Year-to-date, Sony's beating the market. Their stock price is up 22%. Right now, Sony pays a 0.43% dividend yield. Their average dividend yield is added to the returns in their stock price. In the last five years, Sony's compounding at 11% annually. In the last 10 years, they're compounding at 16.5% annually. Going back before the global financial crisis, Sony's compounding at 5% annually over the past two decades. While they've outperformed the market in the last decade, they've underperformed in the last two decades. Sony trades $7 below their 52-week high. The company's up more than $30 from their 52-week low. Sony is a very big business, they have a $116 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Sony? Sony Group is a conglomerate with consumer electronic roots. Sony not only designs, develops, produces, and sells electronic equipment and devices, but it's also engaged in content businesses such as console and mobile games, music, and movies. Sony is a global top company of CMOS image sensors, game consoles, professional broadcasting cameras, and music publishing. It's also one of the top players in digital cameras, wireless earphones, recorded music, movies, and much more. Sony's business portfolio is well diversified with six major business segments. The company fully consolidated Sony Financial in September of 2020, which <laughs> provides life and non-life insurance, banking, and other financial services. The Japanese stock market has been on a tear so far in 2023, after its government issued guidance emphasizing profits, shareholder returns, and a focus on returns on capital for Japanese companies. That's part of what attracted Warren Buffett to the market. In addition to his SoGo Socha Stakes, which are the Japanese trading houses, Berkshire may also own stock in a number of other Japanese companies. Now with that background, let's get into the numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want Sony's average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns about 7% returns on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. Sony's earned slightly above average returns in most of these years. They hit a low of 9.5% returns in 2021. Last year, they earned 10% returns. When these are averaged out, Sony earns about 11% returns in a given year. While that's a few points above average, that's slightly down from the benchmark we're looking for, meaning this is an X on metric number one for Sony. Metric number two, we're looking for growth. We want to see five-year revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. This metric's all or nothing. All three need to be up for this to be a check. We'll include their last 12 months worth of numbers in our calculations here. During this time, Sony's grown their revenues 11%. Their net incomes are down 19%. Part of this is due to a $1.3 billion difference in the taxes that they paid in 2019 versus what they paid in their last 12 months. That's potentially not as much of an issue for Sony. We run into trouble when we look at the company's free cash flows. Their free cash flows have gone from being positive in four of these five years to negative in their last fiscal year and their last 12 months as well. This is due to Sony increasing their capital expenditures by a lot and they've had big changes to their other net operating assets. This created a one-two punch that swung their cash flows negative. Because their cash flows are negative and their earnings are down, this is an X on metric number two. Dig into the company's filings to understand these changes in more depth. Metric number three, we're looking at Sony from the view of an individual shareholder. We want to see earnings per share growth in the last five years. We just learned Sony's earnings or their net incomes are down over this time. While Sony did buy back a slight 4% of their shares outstanding, that won't outpace the decline in their earnings. Sony's earnings per share are down, meaning this is an X on metric number three. We're still looking for our first check of the day. Does Sony have what it takes to turn it around in the second half of our analysis? metric number four we want to see something similar we're looking for free cash flow per share growth in the last five years because sony's free cash flows are negative in their last 12 months and their most recent fiscal year this is an x on metric number four so far through our first four metrics we have four x's and no checks during recessions, overly levered businesses have the biggest risk of losses. Metric number five, we want Sony's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five fiscal years. Sony has increased their net debt position over this time. They both reduced their cash and increased their long-term debt. Right now, Sony has just under $24 billion in net debt. When we add up all their free cash flows, even with negative cash flows in their most recent fiscal year, Sony's produced 27 billion dollars worth of free cash flow that's enough to be able to support their net debt position meaning this is an unlikely check on metric number five historically sony's generated enough cash to support their debt loads that's not necessarily the case today but this may rebound as this is potentially a one-off change for sony before we get to the first of two different ways we're going to value the business it's time for our bonus As our bonus, we're looking at Sony's dividend profile. Right now, Sony pays a 0.43% dividend yield. While that's small compared to the yield of the 10-year treasury, we still want this to be supported by their free cash flows. Sony's grown their dividends in all five of these years. Sony supported their dividends using their cash flows in four of the last five years. This most recent year was an exception for the business. Again, part of that is because of that one-two punch and especially the big change in their other net operating assets something you really want to dig into. While this is a snapshot of their last five years of performance, it's no guarantee for the future. Ideally, we want Sony to fully support their dividends. Because they don't support their dividends today, this is an X on our bonus. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Sony's average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Sony. Right now, Sony has a $139 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their market cap and their net debt position. It looks at Sony similar to it being a private company. In the last five years, we learned Sony generated $27 billion of free cash flow, meaning they generate around $5.45 billion of free cash flow in an average year. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we get around a 3.9% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Sony has a negative current free cash flow to enterprise value yield as they have negative free cash flows right now. Their average yield is coming in right at the yield of the 10-year treasury, but it's below the risk premium we're looking for. This means on metric number Number 6. This is an X for Sony. Don't just throw the business out, we still need to estimate their fair value per share and give our final rating. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Sony, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. Sony's had low business predictability in their past. That impacts our assumptions. We're starting with an average of Sony's last three fiscal years' worth of free cash flow, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Sony. Assuming they grow their average three-year free cash flows at 5% annually for the next decade, then in the following decade, assuming that these grow at 4% annually, we're adding in their tangible book value to give an estimate of their net worth. If we want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, At today's valuation multiples, if these are the same 20 years into the future, an estimate of Sony's fair value per share is around $46 their current stock price would be cut in half. Keep some key points in mind. Sony's not been that predictable in its past. That can impact our assumptions. This discount rate is an estimate of total returns to shareholders based on free cash flows. It includes any gains in their stock price plus their average dividend yield. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll give our final rating to Sony, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for Sony's business. What are they? Looking at the factors supporting a long thesis, number one, while tough competition in the electronics industry will continue, Sony's capable management team can likely control the risk. Number two, diffusion of the multi-camera technology on handsets and new demand from the automotive industry can boost demand for image sensors from which Sony will benefit. Number three, PlayStation VR 2 can not only be used for games, but can also be a breakthrough mode of entertainment for media such as movies, music, and sports, and can deliver new demand to the PlayStation ecosystem. It wouldn't be fair if we didn't cover the negatives of Sony's business as well, looking at the factors supporting a short thesis. Number one, as the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation VR 2 are too expensive, people may be more interested in the AR experience provided on smartphones. Number two, because of overcapacity and the depreciation of the US dollar, Sony may fail to regain profitability in the image sensor business. Number three, digital appliance businesses, especially handset businesses, are extremely competitive, and so Sony may be unable to achieve excess returns from them in the long run. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative factors of Sony's business. Now it's time for our rating. In analyzing Sony Group stock ticker S-O-N-Y Sony, We learned the company earns above average returns on capital, just below our benchmark. They've grown their revenues, but their earnings on free cash flows are down. Some of this is due to higher capex. It's also due to some charges and tax expenses for the business. Sony's bought back a small amount of their shares, and even though their free cash flows are negative today, they've still supported their debt position on a historical basis. Sony's also supported a growing dividend in four of the last five years, although they don't support that today. It's worth reiterating this analysis is not financial advice. Right now, Sony's free cash flow to enterprise value yields don't look attractive compared to the yield of the 10-year treasury. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, from today's valuations if those are the same 20 years in the future, if you believed our assumptions and want a 15% rate of return, an estimate of Sony's fair value per share is around $46. Sony last traded at those levels in spring of 2019. Looking at all the factors of our analysis, Sony looks like a weak candidate for further research. If you enjoyed today's video, be sure to like it, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, share your thoughts about Sony, and let me know what business to look at next in the comments below. Thanks for learning about Sony with me, and have a great day.